Welcome to Confessional. I'm Kayla Shelton, along with Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your darkest. Confess to us. We won't tell. So you can tell us anything. No one's listening. On today's confessional, Stephen King. All right, everybody, welcome to the confessional. My name is Mike Moran, and today I am joined by guest co host, Mr. Mike G. How are you, Mike? I'm good. Thanks you know, for coming by. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I don't know if anyone can see at home, but you had your eyes closed the whole time you did the introduction. Would you prefer I just stare into your face while I talk to listeners who aren't present? No, I was just, I was, it was very zen. I wasn't, I wasn't giving, it was like, you were very, ah, I'm just, well, when in you a see zen a, moment. Yeah, like you see a singer just like, you know, singing with their eyes closed, that's, that's where I'm at. I, you ever like want to just do comedy with your eyes closed? I kind of just wish I could close my eyes. I, I don't like know Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I have a lot of friends who close their eyes when they talk to me. Do you have friends like that? No. Like they'll be telling you a story and their eyes are completely closed while you're doing it. <laughs> it's odd. You're saying that you and I might know a lot of autistic slash anxious people. Is that what it is? I think that's the case. Um, I, I definitely, I have to, I struggle to like look in people's, but it's, it's anxiety, I think. I like, like, I always, yeah, not to get off the Stephen King subject, but like how much you're supposed to look at somebody and for how long and what eye or nose or like where you're supposed to look. It's, speaking it's of eyes, known. nose and mouth, <laughs> our guest today has all three as far as I'm aware. Yes, I do. Please welcome to the confessional, Diana Keating. Diana, yes, thank you so thank much you. for coming. Thank Tell you. us a little bit about yourself, Diana. You do improv, right? I do improv. Um, cool. I am in the improv troupe Scrapple. Scrapple. An indie, indie, in, indie troupe here okay. in Baltimore. And uh, our next show is tomorrow night at Big. Cool. We're doing 30 scenes in 30 minutes. Awesome. Awesome. I have a question for you. What is the difference between an indie team and a non-indie team? We are not affiliated with any... Organizations. So they won't join a major label. Yeah, we, we're not part of Big. We're not part of Charm City. We're not. We're just. We're our own thing. Right. We do what we want. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. okay. Awesome. We cool. don't want to be held down by the man. You're like Pearl Jam. We are. <laughs> uh, what else? You, you got anything else you're you're working on creatively, Diana? Ah, uh, not really. I'm you, taking a break from stand up, but okay. I'm thinking about getting back into it. Awesome. So. Awesome. Well, that'll certainly be cool. Um, today, Mike, what are we discussing? Stefan King. Stefan King, yes, just like uh, the Urkel. Um, Stephen King. Oh, right. Yeah. Stephen King. Right. He is a writer. He writes books and also short stories. Did you know that? I have heard. Okay. Um, he makes movies. Uh well not really I, I well, guess he, he, he writes the screenplays really he'll for, do the adaptations for some of them. yeah for not some a lot of them which but. let's let's discuss which ones he's he's written nah, I'm not even sure Maximum Overdrive right he wrote the screenplay to that I think that was the first one he like directed too I I feel that's like, like that was very, the worst one yeah yeah it was a big thing <laughs> where where everybody was all psyched because he was I think that was the first time people were like hmm. Maybe Stephen King isn't as brilliant as... Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. To be fair, screenplay writing versus novel, 
two totally different things. People uh-huh. think they're they're not. They're different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you written a screenplay, Mike? Yeah. Have you I made a movie. A novel? You made it? And com- I've written a novel, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know you completed a movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's like 80 minutes long. Interesting. What's it called? It's called... What was it called? I just made it. <laughs> okay, now <laughs> oh, I don't feel oh, bad oh, about oh, not knowing uh, it. A Mexican standoff at Angel Falls. Oh, all right. Huh. Well, we'll have to check I'll that out. I'll show it to you one time. Okay. It's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> How long ago did you make it? Oh, like a year or two ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's real bad. Okay. Sounds great. I can't wait. Yeah. You're really selling it. <laughs> it's an animated movie. Um. All right. So why don't we jump in with a confession? Uh, this one is from. This is our first confession from Nepal. You guys heard of Nepal? Like the country. Yeah, the country. Not the. Uh, not Nepal. The neighborhood in Kakis. Isn't that where Mount? Not Mount Rushmore. Uh, the big Mount one. Everest. Mount Everest. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, I had a friend from there. There's a constant debate as to whether that's the highest mountain or not. What's the alternative? I don't know. I've never heard of anyone saying anything other than that is the highest mountain in the uh, world. There is one other one. Maybe maybe a listener can tell us. I can't remember. But there is a uh, another one that's debated. I know Mount Kilimanjaro is pretty tall, but I think that's people don't die climbing Mount Kilimanjaro like they do on Mount Everest. Then who cares? Have you guys heard about that? There's so many people yep. that climb Mount Everest now uh-huh. that the traffic is causing people to die the traffic the traffic because there's not enough room and so they end up staying up there too long and freezing at at the summit there's like a line of people waiting to get to the top oh my goodness and they run out of oxygen wow wow why is that what it is oxygen not not some of it yeah all of those things are factors why do you why are you required to go in a straight line can't you because there's no room up there all there is 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 just a slither to yeah wow all right, well, this is from Kevin Perkins, Katmandu, Nepal. Salem's Lot may be the scariest vampire story written. Two scenes in the book spring to mind. One, where the writer, Ben, a Stephen King book with a writer at the forefront, who would have thought, describes his most vivid memory from Salem's Lot is of entering the Marston house and seeing the corpse of Hubby Marston hanging from the rafters. Of course, he didn't really see that except in his imagination. More or less, King is saying what we imagine is always more terrifying than what we actually see. And at that end, when Ben and Mark have to descend into the basement to stake the vampire before the sun goes down, terrifying. And I love the Boogeyman short story, I think from Night Shift. Just because it's an iconic creature and just a lean, mean short story and the fact that he's terrified of the Boogeyman. He's so terrified of the Boogeyman that he can't hear it kill his infant son in the next room as he does nothing. is horrifying. That's sad. Uh, hopefully this matches your... While The Dark Tower is the greatest book series uh, that Hollywood is itching to ruin, the Bachman books are among my favorites. Rage may be my favorite. King showed great integrity when he took it out of print because of actual school shootings. However, those shooters missed the points, and the violence wasn't the main point, but the psychological aspect was. Rage is the greatest description and example of teenage angst since Holden Caulfield, and far more accurate and reliable for the modern era. The Long Walk is another amazing example of a psychological thriller. The competitive nature made it a favorite of mine uh, the first time I read it. Road work became more relatable the older I got, but I would rate it as the weakest of the Bachman books. The Running Man nails the reality TV aspect of today's society. It also could actually come true one day. 
Between reality TV and the opioid crisis and the constant threat of a breakdown of society, it seems we are hurtling towards King's dystopian future. Covered a lot there. Yeah. So, yeah. He mentioned more books in that comment than I've read in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and, and we even got into the opioid crisis somehow. Big Pharma making a making an appearance here. From Nepal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, hmm, have you guys read the Bachman books? Yes. Okay. Yes. What are your I thoughts? agree that The Long Walk is one of the, one of his best short stories. Yeah, it's I like that one a lot, Amazing, too. I love that mm -hmm. one, and, mm -hmm. um, Salem's Lot also very good. Never read Salem's Lot. It's I, I, the thing I can't do with like vampires is like there's there's too many rules that don't make any sense, you know? Yeah. Like, like what? Like, it's just such an archetypal character that it's like I don't know, it just doesn't work for, I I can't take a vampire story seriously really if if it's like well here are all these rules that come from other books, you know. I don't know what it is. But uh like I don't know. Um, what about the boogeyman? It sounds familiar, but I don't quite remember it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he does a lot of, like, his short stories are always, I find to be much more creepy and much more right. visceral mm -hmm. in their feeling than his novels. Right, there was right. my, I think one of my favorite um, short stories was the one where the fingers coming out of the drain. Oh, I kind of remember that. What and was that like, called? I don't remember the name of it, but like the guy's like, he's like chopping the finger up and like the finger keeps coming and coming and coming. And he's like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, it was only one finger. A, f a hand has five. And he's like freaking out about like where are all these other fingers and wow. he's just like tapping on wow. the porcelain in his right. bathroom and. Do you guys remember the one about the uh, the feet in the bathroom? Like the this guy at his office bathroom just always sees the same feet under the yes. stalls, and they're just always there. And then like flies and stuff start dropping around them. Yes, I that do remember that one. one. Yeah. And it turned out a guy had been like killed on the, that stall or something. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Another really. I, this actually might be my. Favorite short story of his, as far as like the more demented, uh, just kind of like quick, messed up, kind of uh, straight to the point stories, was the uh, the survivor type. You guys remember that? It was um, a guy is like transporting a bunch of I think tr like painkillers that he stole from his job because he's a surgeon and yeah. he's going to sell them, and he's on a boat and it wrecks, and now he's just trapped on like a pile of rocks in the ocean with a bunch of painkillers and his surgical equipment and nothing to eat. So he starts getting high and eating his body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's read one more. This is from Bridget Cinemo. Cinemo, Baltimore, Maryland. In 11th grade English class, I had a massive textbook filled with really great short stories by the likes of Ray Bradbury, Kurt Vonnegut, Shirley Jackson, and many, many others. The thing was as big as a center block. I loved it, and I ended up losing the damned thing and having to pay $70 to my school to replace it. Anyway, one of my favorites was a short story by Stephen King called Suffer the Little Children. Good one. 
Uh, it's about an elementary school teacher who hates children. One day, her distrust of the little brats uh, she teaches proves to be well-founded when a little boy stays behind after the bell rings and smugly and menacingly tells her that he is a monster and that she better watch her back. His face then transforms into a grotesque creature, and the teacher fly, flees to school in terror and into the path of an oncoming bus. She survives, and after her recovery, returns to the school. The same little boy taunts her again and informs her that there are more of his kind now. But this time, the teacher is prepared and, spoiler alert, takes every child into the boiler room and <laughs> systematically executes them one by one. Uh, this story affected me to this day, I believe, because it challenges the idea that all children are innocent and that women naturally love children and therefore make the best teachers. I, always, I also always have loved the concept of there being a truth that exists right under the noses of almost everyone that only one person can see. Somehow the veil is lifted and a person can see the unfathomably, I pronounced that, terrible truth, like in They Live or the X-Files episode, uh, Fale Adieu. I still often think about that story, and I wish I still owned that English textbook since I paid for the goddamn thing. <laughs> like, oh, there's a subplot in that confession about that. <laughs> what, here's what freaks me out about what she's saying. It's like, she's like, oh, that teacher saw the truth. Like, no, maybe that teacher is insane that and just I, killed a bunch of children. That was the impression I always got from that story. Like, it was left intentionally ambiguous as to whether she was losing her mind or these children... Uh, really were monsters. Yeah. It's hard to tell with Stephen King because it could be either one. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like it could literally be aliens or monsters or whatever they were or she could be going crazy. Well, from what I remember though, I don't think she executed all of them. I think she tried to and she was stopped after like six or so. Yeah, I, I do remember that one but I yeah. don't remember if she got them all. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, I liked that one. Um, I always think about that with like people that commit like horrible crimes do they have, do they, you know, I think they all think they're probably doing the right thing. So sometimes you hear about somebody like brutally right. murdering someone. They're like, oh, well, that person was going to blow up a school. Yeah. So I did the some right people. thing. Yeah, some people. I mean, it doesn't seem like, ever, like some people who do things like that, I think it's for like political reasons or because uh, they are just so angry at the world. They want to just, you know, show their uh, unhappiness with a big. Uh, Where does Jeffrey Dahmer fall on that? I don't scale. think he was schizophrenic. Like, I don't think he was... I, like, you know, there are some people that think they're killing demons or that they're killing people who are plotting against them or something, but I think Jeffrey Dahmer was just a sexual deviant who uh, had some sort of obsession with the insides of human bodies. Jesus. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I think he was pretty, like, honest about it, too. He's like, yeah, I'm not, you know, it's it's not like I'm hallucinating or, you know. It's just no, like, he was yeah. about, I love these people so right. much, I want them to be inside of me, yeah, and yeah, I want to eat them. Yeah, and I don't want them to leave, so he yeah. can body, body parts around his house and stuff. Oh, man, but that's, uh, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, I find that Stephen King often does a lot with um, either portraying the innocence of children as the, the ultimate mm -hmm. good and the ultimate evil like he Interesting. he he does right. both sides yeah which is which is fascinating because it's like in a lot of ways that is true about children they're they're incredibly innocent and sweet and loving in some ways they're also pretty sociopathic yeah, in other like ways. They're like psychopaths. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, you know, just watching like I was at a, a, a pool party or something like, uh, like a few days ago and uh, 
just watching like the three and four year olds. Like they're sweet and they're funny and they're cute. Um, but they're also pretty horrible to each other, you know? They're, like, so um, mean and selfish. I have a friend who has twin daughters, and she um, told me that her daughters told her when she dies, they're going to hang her skeleton on the porch for a decoration. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did they stare at her blankly in the middle of the night while they told her this? Yeah, probably. I they I mean, came into her room and maybe were holding a candle while they said and they're, it. And they're twins, so they're right, ex- right. extra oh creepy. God. They're extra creepy. <laughs> Who was I heard something with the dudes who do South Park and like they were talking about how you start off terrible and society makes you be in good. some ways. I think it's both. Well, it's like in the womb, like if one twin, like they'll yeah. kill you yeah. in the womb. You're already a murderer if you can right. get away with it in the womb. Right. Yeah, you come out, you you'll kill. You'll well, I, yeah, you look at a two year old. They're they're the most violent. You know, like I, I have heard there's some statistic like people are at their most violent at age two. You know, it's good like, thing. I mean, you can't not. really do anything, yeah, but you are you're pushing it. people out of your way. You know, you're punching people, biting. That's why I don't have kids. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I do think you also have this like genuine kind of like innocence and sweetness too. I, like, I don't think that's just. An evolutionary function. I do think there is like something about childhood, you know, that's kind of like the cruelty of the world kind of robs from you after a while. But anyway, Diana, what is your favorite Stephen King book or story? Um, I would say I'm kind of torn between. I love the book The Stand. I find it to be. Um, rereadable, mm-hmm. like so rereadable. Really? I will reread it sometimes every summer because wow. it's just... Are you reading it this summer? I am not. I thought okay. about it, but I had my books packed away, so okay. I need to dig it out. But I find it, yeah, just to be... And it, it, it sucks you in so well that like you're you're out and about on a summer day and you hear someone sneeze and you freak the shit out because <laughs> you're like, <laughs> right, I'm right. going to die. Right, um, yeah. Or you see a garbage man coming and you're like, nope. <laughs> Trash oh, can yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to admit, I... The stand never really. I didn't. I didn't read it, but it never seemed that interesting to me. Like the TV movie wasn't that interesting, and the, when I hear people talk about it, it doesn't seem like all that interesting. It, it, am I wrong about that? Like, what is it that that's so great about it to you? It's it's the characters and mm-hmm. the the. It's a very character driven book, mm-hmm. and just how were, are these specific people dealing with like losing everyone in the right, country right, okay. and like having these dreams that are calling them to travel Mm -hmm. across a barren wasteland Mm -hmm. of a country that are filled with, obviously, horrors that they have no idea what they're getting into. Right, I mean, finding dead corpses and porta-potties and walking through the Lincoln Tunnel, Mm -hmm. like, is the most horrifying scene in in that book. And um, for for my my other choice, just for... The writing of it, I love Dr. Sleep. Okay. So, and that one is fairly new. I think he came out with that in 2013, and it's the sequel to The Shining. And... No chance either. I I wanted to read it because I I wanted to see what happened to Mm. the, the character, and... I don't know necessarily know if the the story was the greatest, mm-hmm. but the writing of it was very good. Awesome, yeah, yeah. It seems uh, for me like um, sometimes story can be secondary if the if like the the 
the other elements are there, you know? Yeah. Um, so Dr. Sleep. So that picks up with uh, Danny Torrance, right? Yes. And they're, they're making a movie, right? Yes, they are. And it is going to be like an official sequel to The Shining. Yes, it is uh, Ewan McGregor. Oh, wow. As uh, Danny Torrance. Do you think the movie will be shot like in the style of The Shining? I'm not sure, but I did read that they are altering certain things from the book to make it a uh, sequel to The The Shining, the movie. I see. As opposed to the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it could be in the style of The Shining, but I'm not. Who's directing it, do you know? I don't know. Did you see that trailer, Mike? Didn't even know it was. You have to speak on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. I didn't even know that. That I didn't even know that was existed until yeah. just now when you guys were talking about it. Yeah. I did so I don't know. I was thinking when you were talking about like horror, were you always a horror fan? I think yeah, from being a kid, um, my dad was really into Stephen King mm-hmm. and he would read the books and leave them around and I would pick them up. Mm-hmm. And then um, in seventh grade we had, you know, you had reading class and mm-hmm. we would have to do oral book reports. And there was this kid in my, my seventh grade reading class who did Stephen King book reports every That's single awesome. time we did one. Cool. And I just remember him acting out the scene in Misery where she runs over the police officer with a ride-on lawnmower. Oh, right. Like, he acted it out fully in front of <laughs> class. And it Your was teacher like, was okay with this? Yeah, she wow. loved it. That's awesome. She Coolest adored it, ever. and I was just like, uh, I have to read more of these books man. because he just really, like... I wonder if he ever ended up in, in, a, in a room in her house with a leg missing. <laughs> <laughs> That's did awesome. You, did you ever try to write stories like that? I didn't. No, no. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, was there like a was there ever like a kind of Stephen King backlash when you were kid? Like, was there a, was that kind of part of the the eighties panic of you know the horror and the heavy metal? There there had to be like some church groups protesting Stephen King, right? I don't remember specifically, just that my mom was concerned uh-huh. that I was reading these books. Ladies' well, moms are always concerned yeah. about everything. Kevin, is this okay for her to be reading? Is she on drugs? <laughs> I don't know if you, so. Fancy when thing. I was growing up, I remember like you know it coming out and Silver Bullet, and like when you thought of Stephen King, it was like he was so iconic of, mm. of like movies like horror in the eighties. And then I remember there was a TV commercial for like reading, and you got to see him for the first time. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you remember seeing Stephen King for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being like, a bit of a what a nerd. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it was like your dad's fishing but buddy like, or his something. His glasses yeah. were so thick. Uh-huh. Like, the thickest glasses. I, I was like, is this real? Like, there, there's no way his glasses are this thick. But, yeah, that's all I remember about. Yeah, he does seem time. like kind of a strange guy in real life, you know. Yeah, my husband used to work in Bangor, hmm. Bangor, Maine. And Is that where he? I know he's from Maine. Yeah, was he's from Bangor. He, he lives like in Bangor. Up in Bangor? Oh, okay. Yeah, he lives there, and he. Uh, my husband said he would drive past his house all the time, mm-hmm. and, and you can't miss it because it's like got um, wrought iron like spider webs in hmm. front of it. Oh yeah. no way! Yeah, he's actually he bought a radio station in Bangor because there were no good radio stations. Mm. So he bought a radio station there so he could play the music he liked. Wow! So Patrick, cool. my husband, was like, "This is the best radio station." Nice. I'm like, "Yeah, he bought that." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Like he, 
he wouldn't be like swarmed with fans all the time at his place. You know? I'm sure there are people who make pilgrimages there. I, I feel like it would be a lot of people a lot of the time. You know, you guys know the story. I don't know. I'm, I know the bits and pieces of it about when he got hit by the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a it's a Stephen King novel happened to Stephen right, King. Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. I don't know if enough people really talk about that. Like, wasn't he just like in a ditch for like days? No, no, no not for days. Maybe that's why. Maybe like a few hours or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> You're thinking I, of the revenants. I no, feel I like that was, bear. that was during yeah. when he quit writing. Did he quit writing? He quit writing for a little while. Everybody quits. And they yeah. never stay quit, ever. Yeah. That's weird. Why did he quit writing? I don't know. He's. I don't know, but he obviously hasn't. Did he like <laughs> quit, quit, or did he just like stop for a little while and people were like, oh, he quit? No, he was like, I'm quitting. Yeah, really? Like, he literally, like, why came out and was like, I'm quitting. And, and Why then do people say that? They never, ever stay quit. Has there ever been, like, a famous artist or musician or writer that retired and literally retired? Captain Beefheart. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, he, like, really stopped. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders? Who's the that? running back? Who? Oh, I'm sorry. This is confessional. Barry Sanders is running back. <laughs> <laughs> even athletes don't even seem to like retire you know like rest like professional wrestlers will still be like wrestling in their 70s or like the high school gym circuit it's because wrestling is fake but retirement is not dude <laughs> that is very true all right let's yeah, read he, what's that oh, i was gonna say he came out with the cell i think that was his first book after he retired uh, is that the okay. one did they make a movie of that with jennifer lopez or is that something different? No, that's a different one. I know. No, that was, it was, uh, was weird. It was movie. the cell versus cell. I think uh, okay. like yeah. cell phones. Yeah, it was cell phones turned everyone into zombies. Yeah, I think I listened to that one on audiobook. Did you guys ever listen to audiobooks of Stephen King? I, I am listening really to one right now, and I'm not enjoying it. What is it? Um, I'd have to look it up. From a Buick Eight. I thought that one kind of sucked. Um, it I kinda, was actually I one that hasn't era. been like really released a lot or like mm. I had never heard of it. Well, while you're looking that up, why don't we read another confession? Uh, this one is uh, actually from Mexico City, Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Hola. <laughs> uh, Danielle Palomino Ruiz says, well, the reason I love The Shining is that I think it's very evocative. The sense of isolation is very palatable. Pal palpable, palpable. Thank you. Uh, you feel like it. You feel like if you know all the characters very well towards the end, and you actually feel like you are at the overlook with them. Also, unlike the film, the characters are very likable, and you feel the transformation and corruption of Jack from a loving father into a maniac. That rhymed. <laughs> um. So it sounds like Daniel likes the book better, which seems to be a rarity. You think it's rare that people like the book better? For The with, Shining. With oh. The Shining, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. What did you? What, what is your guys' take on... Have you both read the book? Yes. yes. Uh, what, what was your take on that versus the movie? Movie was way scarier and mm -hmm. way cooler. Mm -hmm. The book's okay. The movie's next level. Right. Now, I would say though, like, I think the the confessional writer was right with the Jack Nicholson is so 
he's just creepy anyway mm. that yeah. like him portraying Jack Torrance is like starting off like he's a little bit off. Right, right. Um, but in the book, yeah, you definitely get more of that, right. um, the arc of the character going insane. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I under- I actually haven't read the book. From what I understand, the book is pretty straightforwardly about alcoholism. Yeah. Is that right? I was pretty young, so I didn't pick mm-hmm. up on that. Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys think the movie was as well or no? I d- it didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of got the impression, though, that, it, that it, even though it wasn't as blatant a theme, I feel like that was very much a big theme. Oh, hell yeah. In that one. You think so, Mike? Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. The whole, like, telling the story about breaking his kid's arm because he was drinking. And I got the sense, were the ghosts, like, <laughs> tempting him with alcohol and partying and, like, going back to that bachelor lifestyle uh, in, in exchange for murdering his family? Was that like the deal, and that's why he's like sucked into like the past, into that party from the twenties at the end? Hmm. Possibly. What What did you guys? What What do you think was going on in that movie? Were there real ghosts? Was the whole thing just uh, parable, or what was? Well, you kind of could think it was all in his head until they let him out of the walking right right closet Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he's not doing that from inside. Sure. So that's when I was like, okay, like whatever it is, it's conjuring. Like now it's real. Mm-hmm. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt about mm-hmm. the book. I mean, the movie was. Is the movie though? Is it supposed to have a linear story? Like, is it supposed to be um, a tangible, actual story, or is the whole thing just kind of a symbolic, like almost? Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy that does like uh, Mulholland Drive? David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to kind of be like that, like a surreal kind of metaphorical? visual thing. And I, I feel like it's because it's not necessarily from Jack's point of view, it's from Danny's point mm. of view for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it's this little boy witnessing who has this power that is witnessing these ghosts right, and right. watching his father go insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like also tapping into that childlike innocence and and not not being sure what's going on right. and like maybe creating ghosts, but we turns it turns out that they're real, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, my dad's alcoholic, so they're these. Right. Making right. that uh, a substitute, like the ghosts are the alcoholism, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why he's going crazy. Not right, alcohol, right. but yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of both. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I do like how it's just. It, it almost feels like Kubrick just kind of intentionally left it ambiguous for people to discuss for decades. You know. Like, I question if, if he really had any intention in mind other than just to create this surreal piece that isn't supposed to make sense. Um, so, Mike, what is your favorite Stephen King story and or book? Well, considering that I've only read a couple. Really? Yeah, not that many. I okay. think I read Dolores Claiborne. Mm. Great. That's a great movie. I, yeah. From what <laughs> I, yeah, I think. <laughs> I thought it was I mean, okay. no. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember like it wasn't really like a horror. I yeah, was, it was I like it was more, like a psychological thriller type of thing. Maybe it was. I just remember like I wanted like the stand or it or right, right, silver bullet. Like that's what I like from Stephen King. Yeah, you're just waiting for Kathy Bates to turn into a werewolf, yeah. and when it didn't happen, <laughs> yeah, like, she just no, was a normal you. lady. <laughs> wasn't that fun, you know? 
And it was like... Well, I, I feel like that's one of the ones you got to revisit as an adult. I think it was an adult movie. And I, I think a lot of his stuff I was yeah. into when I was a kid. And like, yeah, yeah. What's weird about a lot of his stuff is it sort of appeals to kids, but I don't think it's like kid themes. Right, right. It's a lot of adult themes, but kids can read it and get mm-hmm. one thing mm-hmm. out of it, and then adults mm-hmm. can read it and get another thing. Yeah. But, I don't know, I just read some short story of his that I thought was pretty cool about like a guy whose wife... like. They're like in some small town. I don't know if you guys know this. Like, like he's getting buying some cigarettes, and his wife dies, and he's just like he's kind of pumped about it. Yes, I just read that one. It was I it's, like that. I, I that yeah, was, I'm reading that book right now. Kind of is it is it a book it? of short stories? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. one of his new newer books. Yeah. Huh. I think it came so out what else happens? There's a Not short much. story in there. Yeah, he basically he's like annoyed with his wife, and she. Goes in to buy a ball. She buys a ball for her oh, niece yeah, or something. Ball. And there's a dog in the back seat. And the guy's like, what's taking so long? And he goes in there and she's dead. And then he goes out to the car and the dog's dead. Because he left, he left it, it in the car accidentally. For like two hours But he's kind of like... <laughs> what? <and then> <laughs> kind of like, like the weirdest story I've ever heard in my is, life. Then he's kind of like... It's, he's like kind of like... Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yep. sweet. No more responsibility. I don't got that dumbass dog. Don't got my dumbass wife. Things are good. It's weird. It's like, yeah, it's kind of heavy. That almost kind of sounds like The Shining, like this this hidden desire that some men might have of, like, getting rid of their family and, and being free to do whatever, yeah. you know? Um, that's a weird story. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, that one, that, that's a new, a new book. He so just I, I was just going to say, as far as, like, favorite... So writing wise, I don't really know if I even have a favorite. I don't even know if I even love that much of the stuff that I've actually read. Mm. But like movie wise, like there's so many movies that I love. Yeah. That are Stephen what King. are your favorites? Like Silver Bullet, I thought was super awesome. Yeah, I think that one's pretty good. I, it was never like one of my favorites. I don't so. know. Is that wait? That's the I loved it. I thought it was really. <laughs> that's really the cool. one where he digs through the wall with a hammer, right? I no. can't remember. I just, no, it, no it's the Corey one with the Ham. werewolf. Yeah, Corey, Corey Haim. Haim. Yeah, uh-huh. in the wheelchair. There's just some really good suspense there. Like a kid in a wheelchair trying to get away yeah, from a werewolf. Yeah, like this. Yeah. And Nick Nolte. Or no. Was it Nick? No, not Nick Nolte. Uh, no, uh, the other guy. The crazy dude. His his twin. Gary. Uh, Gary Busey. Busey. Gary Busey. Yeah. Busey. Oh, yeah. Gary Busey just plays <laughs> the crazy uncle, and he's yeah, really cool. Yeah. So I love that. Um, I didn't see it when I was a kid. I thought Cujo is pretty cool. Carrie. Awesome! Like mm. that's a great movie. Oh yeah, Brian absolutely. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, I even liked Maximum Overdrive. Like, I really? That's cool. Yeah. I actually, I've never seen it all the way through. Me neither. And Christine, I thought Christine was pretty cool. Christine is okay. I don't know all those movies. Like, I was like, they all came out like what, like late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, a lot of the ones you mentioned, I think, were like early to mid early? '80s. Yeah. Okay, so I was like, yeah, I was super young when I saw all these. So they were like, but they like awesome. never stopped making Stephen King movies. I mean, there's yeah. there's got to be at least one a year since yeah. like what '80 or so. But, like all those ones, I was. All those early '80s ones, I just thought were like mm. super awesome. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, and just his brand back then was like so cool. Right, like, absolutely. You know, like yeah. there's no other like book covers writer. and stuff. Were yeah, just awesome. and there's no other writer who had that many movies. Right, right. And that many yeah. good yeah. movies. You know, everybody wanted to make his. Now this stuff. this brings us to a question: Does he deserve all these adaptations? Like a lot of people are like. Well, is he really that talented? Like, what does he need? Like, seventy movies made from his books. You know? I like, think it's that. I'll see what you guys think about this, but it's, it's but it's because who doesn't want a cool original horror movie? 
Like that, like right, the right. horror genre, that's yeah. one thing they're lacking in a So lot you of think you really brought like a freshness and a creativity to yeah. the genre? His ideas, maybe the books are okay, but the the ideas right. were amazing. And so it's like, oh, let's turn this into something. Right, right. You know? What do you think of that, Diana? I, I, I just feel like the books are just of such a higher level above mm. the movies because... The, like you were saying earlier, the you, what's going on in your imagination right, is right. always worse than yeah, like yeah, what yeah, is sure. actually happening. And then mm. when they try to translate it into a movie, mm-hmm, it mm. very rarely stands up mm. to what is going on in so, my head. So, Diana, do you take the stance that he is extremely talented and brilliant and most of his stuff is really good? I would say like, yeah, 90% mm. of his stuff mm. is really good. And like he is... Like he's willing to, he's willing to suck. Yeah, he's 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 very unpretentious, which is cool. Yeah, he is, and and he is very um, about the craft of writing and mm-hmm. about like experimentation. Oh yeah, he's and utterly like, obsessed with with the written word, which. I find to be great and it's not he's like I'm not gonna sit here and wait for my Magnus open to come to right, me right. and I'm he like I'm just gonna like throw out whatever mm, I have mm, and like mm. whatever sticks sticks and I'll yeah that, that's always an interesting concept for artists in general like the the quality versus quantity type of thing because there is a quality it's to quantity eventually but uh, I don't I found for me I would rather write one little thing a year or however long it takes then put out like a thousand things. What do you guys think of that? And I, I think with him though, his brain has, has right, got right. He to, just has to it, get it has to go somewhere. Right, yeah. be, because and from like what you read about him, he's probably got trunks full of more ideas yeah, that haven't even come yeah, out yet. It seems like a lot of prolific people. Uh, that's they just ha- they just have to get it out constantly, you know. But I, I, I do remember I was kind of amazed with the on writing book where he said like. I try to get ten pages done a day, which really doesn't seem like that much, you know. That's, like that's a lot. It is. Of it like is quality. It is writing. It is, but that's doable. You know, like the, like an average person, if they didn't have a job, they could do that if they tried really hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, I struggle with you telling me to do one joke a day. <laughs> <laughs> Write one joke a day. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was thinking about micro uh, goals, man. I'm telling uh, you. I was thinking about something you said. Um, so Stephen King, I always thought. His movies were awesome. Writing-wise, I was always like a little bit in the camp of like, eh. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. he's doing horror. It's not really like a serious thing. And then like five years ago, I read Patton Oswalt's book, and like he just like loves Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's funny how sometimes there's someone who you think is like okay or whatever, but then someone that you really look up to is like, no, 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 that person. Is amazing and it makes you rethink like everything. oh well so did he did he point out what you were missing or were you just like well Pat Oswalt is into it then. I think more of that <laughs> if I'm well, being honest. we appreciate yeah. your honesty on the same line um, after I read Doctor Sleep and I really was like thinking this is really re- well written mm. I I read a review by Margaret Atwood who was like Doctor Sleep is amazing and mm. I was like holy shit Margaret Atwood loves right, that, right. this book yeah and that's always the weird thing it's when someone you admire is into something it like kind of you know and you don't people. think of Margaret Atwood and Stephen King in the right. same uh-huh. Uh-huh. world yeah, they're writers yeah. but like sure sure um, all right well before we go why don't we do this five best Stephen King films. Adaptations. 
between each of us? We're going to narrow it down. All of us are going to come up with a definitive list. Okay. Okay. Can we all agree The Shining should be on there? Yes. I agree. Shawshank Redemption? Yes. I would tell you. Stand by me. Stand by me. I think Carrie's got to go on there. Brian De Palma. Carrie? Carrie, I love Carrie, yeah. Wow, this is going a lot quicker um, than I thought it would. The fifth one's going to be tough. Yeah, the fifth, the fifth one. one. Um, is there a fifth one? Children of the Corn 4? The <laughs> harvest of the... I would say <laughs> Children of the Corn... I don't know. Has it, does it stand up? I haven't seen no. it. I haven't no. seen it. No, it's, that was it's okay. That was the creepiest yeah, movie. That had potential. That could have been a good like 80s slasher kind of that thing. Mo- but Children of the Corn and Pet Cemetery, both when they came out, mm. terrifying. I Do saw that ending up. piece of Pet Cemetery at an older friend's house when I wasn't supposed to, and that freaked me out with Dude, a little kid running around. That's a messed up movie, but no, yeah. it doesn't. It didn't hold up. It's just, really, it's yeah, not nowhere. No, it's sort of is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I heard the new one wasn't very what good either. Stands out in my head as apt pupil. Really, that Stephen King? Yeah, that's Stephen oh, King. Oh whoa, interesting. Oh wait, that was like the Nazi teacher. Yeah, the yeah. Nazi oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that story being a lot better than the movie. Yeah, I don't know. I. Something about the movie really? stands out to me. Interesting. Yeah. I heard they actually tried to shoot that in the 80s, and they got a few months in and had to abandon it, mm. and they redid it in the 90s. Um, what was it? I don't know. I mean, maybe Misery? Is that? Misery's up there. It's I don't a, know if it's, it's quite on the caliber as the others. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. It? That's also... That's up there, I too. I never saw the original. Oh, the original. Well, it's, it's one of those things where it's not great, but it's like... Something about it's just awesome. Like you just can't stop watching yeah. it. You know, like it's pretty say, good. I would maybe put that one, even though I've never seen it. I, because <laughs> it was so popular. because Pat Oswalt said it was yeah, good. Pat, Pat Oswalt told me. To say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fifth one. Maybe we should go to Facebook Live to see yeah, if anybody, has anybody any else thinks. Producer Jimmy Seleski, can you get us to? What do you guys think? All right, we we all agreed that the four out of the five best Stephen King movie adaptations. Uh, the Shining, and this is in no order. Uh, the Shining, Carrie, Stand by Me, Shawshank Redemption. Um, what's the fifth? Why are some of them in gray and some of them in green? Uh, some people have iPhones. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why. Um, <laughs> wait, my computer did not like that joke. Uh, the green is uh, people that are tuning in, and the gray are like actual comments. Oh, so it's just names and comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if I you see. look at the green, right, right. it just says like their thing. But I did not know Shawshank Redemption was a Stephen King book. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be yeah. my favorite. It's a short story. Well, it's, it's a, a, well, that was a long-ass movie. Oh, right. yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, it's, fr- it's from uh, Different Seasons, which is four books. He calls them novellas. They're like a few hundred pages, I think. Yeah. And novella is a pretentious term. Yeah, I'm sure. But it's Spanish uh, for yeah, why isn't novel. it just four books? Like it's they're all regular book length, aren't they? They're not like super long, but no. Um, yeah, there's actually a funny story where Stephen King is like uh, was in the grocery store in Bangor, and some old lady was like, "I know who you are. I don't like your disgusting stories that you write." And he's like, "Well, what do you like?" And she's like, "You should write something uplifting, like that Shawshank Redemption." Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that he wrote it. All right, so we got to we got to make a decision here, guys. Fifth best Stephen King adaptation. Firestarter. No, just oh, <laughs> that's cool. The Mangler Three, perhaps. Um, sometimes not Dreamcatcher. No, Dreamcatcher is not very that good. That was terrible. Um, 
Yeah, I saw that in the theater actually. You so did I. Since, did you? Like did you guys like? I thought like. Christine was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty mm-hmm. cool, but I, I just Not can't put there. it up there with the classics. Maybe we just gotta go top four. Um. <sighs> Jimmy, will you do us a quick favor and look up the best Stephen King movies in case we're in case we're missing something here? Oh, Running right. Man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? The Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah, that was Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. that's that my vote. What? That's my vote. Oh, come yeah. on, <laughs> definitely my vote. We're not voting for a Schwarzenegger movie. With I this. love Schwarzenegger. I'm just I throwing out movies now that Batman I can remember. And Robin? <laughs> yes. My vote's Running Man. There's got to be another one up there that we're that we're not thinking about. Um, Erica, do you know what's what's another great Stephen King adaptation? I think the Dark Tower already came up, didn't it? That w- I, yeah. <laughs> From what I hear, the Dark Tower was pretty terrible. All right, uh, Stand by Me. Yeah, that got, that's on there. It's in there. Yeah. I did not know. I, I did not know Stand By Me was. Yeah, it. that's also from the. It the was same a book short story. Did you guys already cover. Did you guys already cover the, the it. Yeah. yeah, but we. I don't think that's. I think we agreed that's not a top five or. Come on, bro. The new it was funny. Green Mile. Ooh, Green, Green Mile's Mile. up there. Yeah. That might be the one. I still don't think that's in the top five. It's not as good as the other ones, but is there another one? I did not know all fifth. of these were Stephen King. Who else? Who um, else? Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, if you Carrie, were to vote on Barry. it, if we would have voted on this in 1988, Pet Cemetery would have definitely been on there. But since Probably. it's 2019, sorry, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Well, if don't. I had voted on it in 1988, then the Karate Kid would have been on there. <laughs> That's not Stephen King, is <laughs> it? I know, but I was too young to know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's written a lot of shit. What are, what are other movies that are considered the best by him? I'm uh, a Pet Cemetery too. I'm That's considered one of the best. Yeah, with Edward Furlong. I'm just I'm just looking at a giant list of uh, Stephen King books. We'll we'll look up movies. best Stephen King movies. I wrote top Stephen King movies, but okay. apparently that's not fucking good enough. All Stephen King movies ranked by Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's a good there idea. You go. There. Oh, it would be interesting. To see, what do you think their fifth? Well, let's see if our top four are right. All right. I would bet they should be. Me too. I think so. Holy shit. I bet you Shawshank's number one. Probably. Stand By Me's number two. Shining's probably... Number three. You think? I think yeah. Shining... Hmm. I think Shining, then Carrie. All right. Well, naturally, whenever you click on an article, you got to navigate through 75,000 fucking things. Mm. All right. I'll read you the top ten. All right. Is that fair? Yes. From Rotten Tomatoes? From Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Let's Let me hear count it. back here. We should have used ripe tomatoes, but that's fine. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Are we starting at okay. number 10? 10. Number 10 is It 2017. Mm. Not the old one. Number Come 10. on, you can't even give it 10? <sighs> I... Mike hates It, dude. No, I don't. I, lo- I thought it was pretty good. All right. It 27. It's already been two years since that came yeah. out. I thought that was last year. Jesus Christ. We got The Shining. At 85%. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What number is it, though? Number nine. Number what? nine. Wow. Shiny number nine. Wow. I'm curious to see what's... Stephen King must have some sort of influence over <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. And the number one, the TV version of The Shining from 1999. Uh, at number eight, we have the 2017 thriller, 1922. 
Really? Yeah. I didn't even watch that. It, it didn't and that either. beat The Shining. What? Yeah. 1922 is better than The Shining? Number seven. Something I've never even heard of. No. <laughs> Number seven, Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot is better than The Shining. That's what we're saying. Yeah, here, no. Number. <sighs> it's definitely the the early Shining. There's two Shinings. There's a bad one that he made. No, it was the, I saw the no, picture. Okay. It was. All right. Number six, Misery. A good okay, one. Yeah. Number five, mm. Gerald's Game. Oh, what? Okay. Was that one good? I didn't see it. I watched a little bit of it. I thought it was like okay, but it definitely wasn't better I, than the just shining. The bondage puts it up there, I guess. Yeah, I guess bondage always knocks you <laughs> up with you. That's, that's, yeah, Come that's on. called like, you know, uh Academy Award bait. Yes. Yeah. Throw some Um, let's see. Number whatever we're at, four. Stand by me. Yeah. All right. All right. Number three. Shawshank Redemption. What? What two are going to be better than The Shining and Shawshank? Oh, sorry. That was actually number two. Right. I, I, I counted. I did the top nine, folks. Sorry. Wow. Uh-huh. All by yourself. <laughs> uh, and number one of all time is apparently Carrie. Huh. I get it. It's De Palma. Like, he's a... He's De Palma. So. And I heard that Patton Oswalt said he's a good director. So. <laughs> and since I did, uh, and since I did the top nine, the number ten was Dolores Claiborne. All right, okay, See? take that, Mike. But yeah, I mean, okay. So for me, I, I, I've only seen a couple of these, but you guys seemed uh, uh, pretty pissed off by this list. Yeah, that's. I just uh, they lost me at The Shining. There's no way yeah, you put yeah. The Shining right. not in the top five. But yeah. that's a good top three, though, right? Stand by me, Shawshank, Carrie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had all those. Those yeah. were in our tops. But then I, you got things like the Dead Zone. It's Mid- a little ridiculous to say Carrie is better than the Shawshank Redemption, though. I mean, isn't Shawshank Redemption? I like don't know, the dude. Best Carrie rated movie of all time. I've heard that before. I thought Carrie. If you ask me, I think Carrie as like Shawshank Redemption is a better story, but a better movie. I think Carrie is a better movie, mm. just because I think it was just weird. I almost feel like hating on the Shawshank Redemption is like a a hipster thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, same as like Forrest Gump, you know? Like, oh, it's just so uplifting. I love Forrest Gump. (laughs) All right, guys. So, this has been a fun episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thanks, Mike, for stopping by. Of course. Jimmy Seleski from the Live from the Studio podcast. Yeah. And I only got one thing to say to you guys you can either get busy living, (laughs) get busy dying. (laughs) San Watsoneo. All right, thank you, everybody. See you next time. Bye.